better hurry up and slow down. Dude, I, <laughs> I preached like every one of these messages in this series should have went like two hours long. I just talked really slow. Everyone's like, talk, hurry up. Uh, hurry up, slow down. Hurry up. So what's the point, right? This is what we're going to talk about tonight, the last uh, message of this series. Why am I so adamant about slowing down? Why am I so adamant about not being hurried? Why am I so adamant about these things? We've talked about uh, Sabbath, and we've talked about silence and solitude, and we've talked about simplifying our lives. And tonight we're going to talk about the main point of the whole thing, and it's slowing, slowing down. So if you're taking notes, uh, you can write that down. The whole Tonight is all about slowing. John Ortberg describes the practice as cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. Cultivating patience by deliberately choosing to place ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. So this isn't just a mindset. What I'm going to talk about tonight is how to place ourselves in situations where we simply have to wait. Anybody like waiting? No. We're really bad at waiting. We're not good at it. We're impatient. And we wonder why we're anxious. We wonder why we're anxious about the call God has on our life. We're wondered, wondering why we're anxious about our purpose. Anxious about our purpose. We're, we're wondering why just life is filled with anxiety. And the reason why is because, because of this um, social media age and the, the microwave oven age and everything else. We've gotten really, 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 really bad at waiting. And so when God doesn't do something, when we think he should do it, we get upset. And we get anxious. And when God tells us, Brett, you're called to be this... And it doesn't happen tomorrow, we think that we have failed. And we think that God misspoke. And we think that that calling actually wasn't for me. It must have been for my friend who is walking in that right now. Why? Because we've gotten really bad at waiting. And so, to counteract that, I think we ought to get really good at putting ourselves in positions where we simply have to wait. Amen? I believe that life and even our callings are filled with anxiety because we've gotten really bad at waiting. And when it doesn't happen immediately, we think it never will. If we can slow both mind and body, maybe our souls will slow down too and be angst-free. And maybe they'll be able to actually taste and see that the Lord is good. But if we're so busy that we won't ever wait upon the Lord, then we won't ever experience his goodness. If, if my calling can only be fulfilled if God does it in my timing, it's not going to happen at all. Right? And I'm not saying that God's always late to the party. Sometimes he's early. But in the times that he's late, and the times, like for Lazarus, when he shows up two days after you've already been dead. What do you do then? How do you react? 
And most of us, because we're so bad at waiting, we get filled with anxiety. Why hasn't it happened? Why hasn't God kept his promise? Why hasn't fill in the blank? Why haven't I been set free from this? Why haven't I? Anybody ever been there? (laughs) Why haven't I gotten the job that I thought I was going to get? Why haven't I gotten into the college I thought I was going to get into? Why Why hasn't? Why haven't my parents come back together? Why hasn't my mom gotten her job back? Why, 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 why? But sometimes we just have to wait. And sometimes it seems impossible. Why haven't I been healed yet? Why haven't I experienced God in a long time? Because when we wait upon the Lord, he'll renew our strength. Amen? So, some fun things, or funny things, I guess, real quick. And then I'll end uh, after all this. But John Mark Comer, who wrote the book that I uh, have been reading recently, and I I finished this last week while um, I was writing this. But he wrote 20 things, and a lot of these are geared for adults, so... We're not going to be able to do all of them. But he wrote 20 things that will help us slow down. Are you guys, can I share them with you? 20 different things that will help us slow down. 20 practices. And you'll notice, if any of you have been around me for long enough, you'll notice that I've tried some of these, okay? Number one, drive the speed limit. So th- this one's hard. If you have your license, you know it's hard. It's like, why, why would I drive 65 when I, when I know that no cop's going to pull me over if I'm under 80? There's no, there's no way. But sometimes when you drive, it sounds funny. That, I'm telling you, these are going to be funny, but it's true. It helps. It's weird. It, like, rewires your brain. If you don't drive under the speed limit, that's annoying. Don't ever do that, okay? But... If you drive at it, sometimes it just creates margin in your life. It makes you, like, plan ahead of time how long you have to leave instead of jetting there every time, right? Number two, get in the slow lane. If you've you've ever ridden with me in my car, I drive. This is is the truth. When I'm by myself, I, I, I... I drive pretty uh, fast. When I'm with someone in my car or if I'm on the phone, I drive really slow and I get in the slow lane. With my, my, like, headphones in? What? I'm I'm talking on the phone while I'm driving? All right, all right. I don't know know what's going on. You good? (laughs) I don't know what's going on. So if I'm talking on the phone hands-free, uh, or if I'm, uh, if I'm driving with somebody in my car, I'll usually drive pretty slow and I'll get in the slow lane. Why? Because I want to create margin. I want to create space for me to have that conversation, for me to talk. And some people are like, dog, you're driving so slow. I'm like, yeah, but this conversation's good. I'll go around the block a couple times, too, because I know the second I pull the car over, put it in park, turn the keys off, the conversation stops. 
So why not? Why don't we just sit in this for a little while? Why are we in a rush to stop? Right? Number three, this is the worst one for me. Come to a full stop at stop signs. Oh. Mine is like, look both ways, no cops. Pew. You know, it's like. Number four, don't text and drive. One, that's just really dangerous, so don't do it. But two, uh, enjoy the scenery, enjoy things around you. Number five, show up 10 minutes early and don't pull out your phone. Dude, I remember this. When I was a kid, before I got a cell phone, and my parents would drop me off at school. And they'd often drop me off early because they had to go to work. And I, I, when I was preparing for this message, I, I thought about it, and I was, it was so, it's such a pleasant thought of, like, what I used to do. What did I used to do when I wouldn't just pull out my cell phone and sit on the curb and play eight ball? You know, like, what would I do? And I would, I would walk around the campus, sometimes just walking around, or if I found somebody that I knew, I'd just go sit next to him, and then we'd start talking, and the bell would ring, or the kid would be like, oh, I'm going to um, get to school breakfast, so I have an extra pass. You want some? Yeah, let's do it, you know? But none of that happens when you show up and you just pull out your phone. I just pulled my shirt up. My bad. <laughs> Peep show. Uh, <laughs> this is my dad bod. Um, don't be alarmed. Uh, <laughs> anyways. Um, Good thing we're not live streaming tonight. All right. I got fired. They're like, bro, what are you doing? Showing bare midriff to the children. It's called a crop top, dad. All right. Anyways. Anyways. Um, wow. This is, this is what happens when, we, when the internet's down. We don't live stream. I go off topic. But I was thinking about that. When I would go to school and I wouldn't pull out my phone, it was actually nice. It was awkward as heck, but it was actually nice. Because sometimes I would meet somebody new. Or sometimes I would spend time in my own thoughts and eventually through those thoughts get to Jesus. And just sit there and pray for a second. God, I, you know, I'm a little anxious today. I was the new kid in school seven times growing up. So there was a lot of sitting by myself and like, God, <laughs> I'm a little bit nervous about today. In sixth grade, when I was riding the bus to school, I, was I dumped my lunch out on the seat next to me. I was hyperventilating into a brown paper bag because I was so freaked out. But I'm grateful for it because it built resilience in me, and it created a space for me to rely on God instead of relying on Instagram. Uh, God's a lot greater than Instagram. So I'll take the paper back. <laughs> um, there's times in high school, I'd mo I moved to a new high school when I was a freshman. And the first day of school, I ate lunch in, in they had these like single, stand, uh, single stall bathrooms, like the family bathroom over here. I took my pizza in there and just closed the door, locked it, and sat down and just chilled. Because I didn't want to deal with everybody. I was kind of mad. Next day, I, next day, I tried to eat. A lunch with everybody else, and I got in a fight, so it was stupid. So, um, but sometimes the, the space, sometimes the ability to slow down is really, really nice. So, show up someplace early and don't pull out your phone, see what happens. This one is 
a struggle. Probably not for most of you because you don't really go grocery shopping all that often. But get in the longest checkout line at the grocery store. Like, you don't know what to do, especially now in COVID. Like, am I supposed to stand behind my cart or in front of my cart? I, I, don't, I don't know. Like, one time I had, I just had, like, a, a box of water, like, water bottles. And I was standing with my foot like this in the box. And there was a guy, like, maybe five and a half feet in front of me. And he turned around, like, cussed me out, like, yelling at me. Dude, can you back up, bro? Acting like we're not in a pandemic. I was like, oh, chill, dog. All right. I mean, you can just scoot up. <laughs> Anyways, but... Get in the longest line. See what happens. Turn your smartphone into a dumb phone every once in a while. Which means put it down. You can answer a call. You can answer a text every once in a while. But act like it's dumb. Act like you ain't got internet on that thing. Just put it down. Act like it's a Nokia. Bro, I had the sorriest Nokia ever. I... My parents, I don't know how they did this. They made it so I couldn't even play games on my Nokia. Like, I was like, I can't even do Tetris, Mom? I'm like, really? That's all right. We're good. This one's funny. Number eight says, get a flip phone. Don't do that. I, I, can, I, don't, want, I don't want the green bubble popping up while I'm trying to text you. Don't do that. Don't do that. Or, I mean, if you do, I'm just calling you. I'm not texting you. Not with your T9 fingers. Come on. Just kidding. Here's a good one. Parent your phone. Put it to bed and make it sleep in. At the end of the night, say, phone's going to bed. So that when you go to bed, you're not just watching Instagram endlessly until your eyes can't stay open. You'll lay there, and if you can't sleep, you'll spend time with Jesus. And in the morning, you wake up. We talked about tithing this weekend. First fruits. And our first fruits of the day are often Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. What if your first fruit was God? So you wake up. Oh, my phone's still asleep. I'm going to go spend time with God. Amen? Number 10 is kind of the same thing. Keep your phone off until after your time with Jesus. Uh, Number 11, this is kind of... John Mark, you're really aging yourself here, but he says set specific times for answering emails. Okay, whatever, dude. Um, emails. Set time and time limits for social media. When you get on, the clock starts. I'm only going to be on Instagram for 15 minutes right now. That's it. I do need a mental break. I'm a little stressed. I'm going to go on Instagram, but it's going to be 15 minutes and then I'm done. If I'm still stressed, I'm spending time with God. Right? Put a time limit on it. Number 13, he says, kill your TV. All right. Don't, your parents probably paid a lot of money for that, so don't do that. But the idea is there. Here's a good one. He says, multitasking is a hoax. Multitasking. Tasking is a scam. It's a sham. Do one task at a time and do it thoughtfully. You'll notice that you begin to be a lot less anxious and a lot less hurried. Walk slower. I'm so good at that. I, I got big, I got long legs too, but I'll walk slower than any of you, I swear I will. Um, but hey, I was at this conference a little while ago and uh, there's this pa- the pastor of the church, and it's a pretty big church, and sometimes what happens when 
you go to a pretty big church, the pastor sometimes seems like he doesn't have time for anybody uh, because it's just chaotic. And so this pastor was spending time with me, talking with me every, after every service. I was there multiple days, and he'd spend time talking to me. So I asked him, his name's Pastor Jeremy Johnson. I asked him, I said, hey, Pastor Jeremy, I was like, why do you, why do you care to talk to me? And not that, I, not that you're like, you know, God or anything, but, you know, like I'm just, I'm just here. I'm just me. Why are you talking to me? And he said something really, really profound. He said, well, um, he said, Brett, I've decided that if I'm going to follow Jesus, like Jesus, I'm going to walk slowly through the crowd. And I was like, what does that mean? He said, that means that I'll walk slow enough that if someone wants to talk, I've got enough time to do it. So he's like, I'm not in a hurry to leave. And you're not in a hurry to leave, so let's have a conversation. It's really, really cool. Really, really cool. Um, take a day alone for silence and solitude. Or just a moment alone. Your parents probably freak out if you just disappear. Um, for, Mom, I'm doing science and solitude in Tribuco Canyon. No, don't do that. <laughs> um, number 17. I've been preaching this for a while. Journal. Start journaling. Start journaling. Start taking notes. Why is journaling so good? Because it makes you think slower. Because you have to write it down. <laughs> Some of you are like, oh, I forgot how to write. I forgot how to read. But journal. Practice mindfulness and meditation every once in a while. With silence and solitude. Just get to a place where it's quiet. And just think. This one's good for me. It says go on long vacations. I know you can't really control this right now. But for me, I I move slow. But I I can get into this mode where I, I'm, I'm kind of a workaholic. And so not that I not that I work a ton in a moment, I just feel like I'm always needed at my job, and so I've been getting better at this, but taking vacations that go over a Wednesday or over a Sunday, um, there was probably a six-year period where I didn't take a Sunday off, and it's not healthy, so uh, take longer vacations. Um, Here's one that's good for me, and I know Evan likes to do this, but cook your own food and eat it. We got to do that some night. We got we got to challenge your chef skills and have you just cook for the whole youth group one night. Are you down? <laughs> he said, "No, I'm not down." All right, next student leader hangout. You got to come. You got to cook for us. All right. Hey, turn in your Bibles real quick if you have them to First Thessalonians four, and we're gonna read something out of that. 1 Thessalonians 4, verse 10 through 11. And it says this. This is Paul writing to the church at Thessalonica. He said, yet we urge you, brothers and sisters, to do so more and more, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. And there's more to it, but that's where we're going to stop. Make it your ambition to lead a quiet life. Don't get caught up in the noise. Don't get caught up in the busyness of life. Just lead a quiet life. To live a slower life is to create margin for God to speak. 
right? The whole point of this series is that hurriedness creates anxiety, and we hate anxiety, right? Me and all my homies hate anxiety, right? Raise your hand if you hate anxiety. Amen. And so we need to slow down. I'm not telling you to be lazy. There's a difference. I'm telling you to slow down. So to get your things done, you need to plan now. Plan it out. Because most of the time, our hurriedness comes because we're actually lazy and we put everything off until the last second and then we try to get it all done in a small period of time. So slow down by spreading it out. Don't be lazy. Plan out your day one thing at a time and be present at each part. That's why multitasking is a scam because when you multitask, you're not present in either one. I find myself doing this a lot, so I need to work on it. Jesus accomplished a lot in three years, but he did it slowly and one thing at a time. So let's follow Jesus. Real quick, the sto- a story to end. I'm doing pretty good. I think I'm at like 25 minutes or something. Less, 20 minutes. Hey, yo. Um, anybody ever heard the story of Peter walking on the water? It's in uh, the Gospels. You can read it, look it up, see where it's at. But for me, I'm just going to kind of paraphrase as this is my final story. And this will encompass actually... Um, the Boogeyman series and this series, Anxiety and Hurriedness. And so Jesus goes, um, he retreats to a quiet place. Remember that message a couple weeks ago? Jesus retreats to a quiet place. Why? Because he needs, he needs it. He needs time. He needs time to be with God. So he retreats to a quiet place, and he sends the disciples out ahead of him um, onto this big lake. The Sea of Galilee. And so, after a night in the quiet place, at about 3, 4 in the morning, Jesus decides that he's going to go to the place that he told the disciples to go, which is across um, to the other side. And so Jesus... um, decided, like Dora the Explorer, that he was going to go right through the middle. Yeah, okay, pause. You ever, you, ever, you ever seen Dora the Explorer, and it's like the tiniest little leg, and she's like, however are we going to get it through? It's like, walk around, Dora. Like, what? You know, it's like this big, and she's like, oh, there's crocodiles in there. What are we going to do? Like, walk around the edge. Anyways, anyways. So Jesus loves Dora the Explorer, and so Jesus walks through the middle. On the water. And this is a, a, a lake or a, a small sea that could get pretty choppy. And, and Jesus is still just walking through the water. And he passes the, or he starts to walk past the disciples. And the Bible says that he actually intended to pass them by. Which is weird. <laughs> so the point of this story is not for Jesus to be cool walking on water. He just wanted to. Get to where he was going. And the disciples look out and they freak out and they say, is that a ghost? Well, you know, what is that? Ah, right? And Jesus is like, ah. so he turns. He walks over and he says, hey, it's just me. It's Jesus. And then Peter says, Jesus, if it's you, tell me to come out to you. And Jesus says, come on. And so Peter having more faith than anyone I can think of, steps out of the boat, 
onto the water and starts to walk to Jesus. And as he's walking to Jesus, he starts to sink. And for whatever reason, he takes his eyes off Jesus, he loses faith, and he starts to sink. And then he looks up at Jesus reaching out his hand, saying, help me. Jesus, like he always does, reaches down and picks Peter up. And, but he says, you have little faith. So I started thinking about this story. I started thinking about anxiety and the, and the, the journey we're on. And, and I've been talking to some of you, and some of you have had anxiety attacks in the middle of us talking about anxiety. And you've encountered incredible distress in the middle of us talking about anxiety. And you've, and you've encountered a busy, busy, busy life in the middle of us talking about slowing down. And you've had to take it head on. And it sometimes seems impossible. Has anybody ever been there where it sometimes seems like an impossible task to overcome anxiety? And just like Peter, it probably seemed like an impossible task to walk all the way to Jesus on water. But I started to think, and why did Peter fall? I've heard it preached that he fell because he took his eyes off Jesus, and maybe that's true. And I've also heard it preached that he fell because he's, he lost faith in Jesus, but I don't think that's true. Because if he didn't have faith in Jesus, why did he reach for Jesus? So, I've come to the conclusion that Peter fell because he lost faith in the Peter that Jesus believed in. So he didn't lose faith in Jesus, he lost faith in himself. And so in the, in the great task of conquering anxiety in our lives, I think it only happens... When I believe in the Brett that Jesus believes in. When you believe in the you that Jesus believes in. Jesus said, come to me. Why would he say that? Because he believed Peter could do it. And most of the times that we fail in our life is because, not because we've lost faith in Jesus. Or not because we've lost faith in the water. It's because we've lost faith in the, in the person who Jesus says we are. And maybe I'm not the one who's supposed to walk to Jesus. Maybe I'm not cut out for this. It's taking too long for me to get there. Maybe, it's, maybe it was supposed to be somebody else. But when you believe about yourself what Jesus believes about you, then you can do what Jesus says you can do. And Jesus says that you can overcome anxiety. And Jesus says that you can live a slower life. And Jesus says that despite your social anxiety, you can preach a pretty darn good word. <laughs> and Jesus says that you can lead a church in worship. Jesus says that you can spend time with him. Jesus says you can lead a Bible study. Jesus says you can own a business. Jesus says all these things. But they'll only ever happen if you believe what he says about you. Right? 
the way that we live our lives, I posted something about this the other day. The way, we, the way we live our lives, the way we see ourselves is I don't see myself the way I see myself. And I don't even see myself in, in, in the way that, I, that Ben sees me. I see myself in the way that I think Ben sees me. So I think I am who I think Ben thinks I am. Does that make sense? So we project onto somebody else thoughts about us, and that's how we live our lives. And so if we're going to do that anyways, I'm going to shift the focus, and I'm going to believe about myself what I think Jesus believes about me. And since the Bible is there, I'm actually going to believe about myself what I know Jesus believes about me. And I know that if Jesus calls me out into the water, that I could walk all the way to him. And so, Jesus is calling you out of the water, out of the boat, onto the water. To overcome your anxiety, to overcome your depression, to overcome your stress, to overcome your confusion, to overcome the masking the pain with busyness. Jesus is calling you to him. So you could do it. But only if you believe what he says about you. Amen? Um, and not in your own strength. Death to willpower. Come in a couple weeks. <laughs> It'll be great. Stand up, let's pray. Hey, you guys are awesome, and I love you so much. And you know what? Um, you, none of you have to, but if any of you need any prayer, uh, you know who the leaders are. You can ask them, or if you want to come talk to me afterwards, I'll pray for you. And so uh, I want to part you in this, partner with you in this. And uh, youth convention this weekend is going to be crazy good. And so if you haven't, if somehow you haven't signed up yet and you want to go, let me know, and we'll make it work. Um, but it's going to be so, so, so good. And so, uh, but I want to pray over you. Uh, that you would lead a life that is, um, that will have moments of anxiety, but not live in a prison of anxiety, amen? And you'll have moments where you feel hurried, but not live a life of busyness and hurriedness, right? We'll live a slow-paced, productive life, amen? And then in a couple weeks, we're going to talk about something awesome. But be here next week, because we're going to recap this, and we're going to recap youth convention. It's going to be amazing. Bring your friends. And then we got invite night the week after that. So let's pray. Jesus, we love you. We lift you up. God, you're so, so good, and you call us out to things that we don't think we can do. But God, help us to realize that if you say that we can do it, we can do it. And so the Bible says, God, that in our weakness you are made strong, and, and that's because you speak over our lives that we, can, we don't even believe we can do. And so God, give us the strength and give us the wisdom and the and Give us the ability to persevere and pursue you and to walk out on the water and not lose faith in who you think we are. So, Lord, help us to slow down a bit. Help us to get good at waiting again so that we can wait on your voice and hear it so clearly that we never second-guess it. In Jesus' name, amen.